Well, that was a wild one. Boston Celtics losing double overtime. First game of the season going double overtime. Are you kidding me? We're going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Rainy days back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's. That's the best way. Melly. And thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Celtics is available on all platforms. It's free. It's daily Monday through Friday. You can watch it on YouTube. Every episode available on LockedOnCeltics.com. I am John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Man, was I busy in this one. I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. You can buy one. On my website, johncorrales.com, for 30 bucks if you want a signed copy, or just go to Amazon or whatever. Uh, Boston Celtics losing to the the uh, New York Knicks, 138-134, in an absolute bonkers, crazy, wild game that had so much in it that it's impossible for me to cover all of it in this podcast. It's just impossible. It, by the time you listen to this, I'll be up. Uh, watching this again, re-watching it so I can kind of go back and say, oh yeah, I forgot to talk about this. I forgot to talk about that. This is supposed to be a half-hour podcast. This will be a two-hour podcast if I talk about everything in one shot. So basically, the the big story is Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was awesome. Jalen Brown was amazing. Uh, I'll talk about that in just a second. In the second segment, I'll get into a little bit more of the like the bad habits that showed themselves, I thought that was a very important storyline here. Why the Celtics even found themselves in a position in that fourth quarter to 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 be down as much as they were to have to make that frantic comeback, and then later on, the just some other notes. Uh, Romeo Langford. How, how about Romeo Langford? Uh, some other stuff from the game later on. Uh, so let's let's just start with the big story. The big story here is Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was magnificent, magnificent, awesome. I don't know what other superlatives you can give for, for Jalen Brown. 46 points on 16 of 30 shooting, 8 of 14 from 3, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals in a block. He did have 4 turnovers, but they weren't, you know, it wasn't that bad. Uh, 46, 9, and 6 for Jalen Brown, who came out hot, who stayed hot uh, throughout the first quarter, then later on in the fourth quarter, hit a logo shot. Jalen Brown from the logo. Can I just explain how ridiculous that that statement would have been three years ago? Oh yeah, Jalen Brown's gonna get a, get the ball, step up from that spot right there, and drill a three that's gonna keep you alive and eventually help force overtime. That's a ridiculous concept for for Jalen Brown and I. My, my post-game column for Boston Sports Journal focused on Jalen Brown and his progression and where he's been and where he is. We saw in this game the full bag for Jalen Brown, bringing the ball up. How many times three, four years ago would 
we have cringed. Jalen Brown just bringing the ball up, center of the floor. All right, let's see what we got here. That that was unthinkable a few years ago. But here he is, running the point, starting the offense, running pick and roll. Celtics using a lot of what's called horn sets, which when you see Robert Williams and Marcus Smart or somebody else starting on either side of the free throw line and running running these sets with with, – Somebody at the top of the key, a lot of times it's Jalen Brown, running dual picks, pick and roll, different things. Jalen's finding Marcus Smart in the corner. Jalen's snaking his way to the rim. Jalen is pulling up and fading away. Jalen is is moving the ball and then spotting up and then catching for a spot-up three-pointer. Jalen is bringing the ball up the right side. Evan Fournier comes up way too high, somewhere up around the hash mark. Jalen's just like, boop, by you, right side. Just skip on over. Now nobody's coming over to help because, you know, you're all occupied somewhere else. I'm just going to pull up for a wide open three and and nail it. Full bag on display for Jalen Brown. And the headline on my piece, and I don't know, the way people are reacting to it, maybe it was a bad headline. I'm recording this at three in the morning. Maybe my headline was not great. But I wrote the headline, Jalen Brown earns his place as a pillar on the Celtics. He's been called a pillar. This is the game where it's like, oh yeah, I get it. I get what he's saying. Why do I say that? Because at the same time, Jason Tatum was, was not great. He was, he was seven of 30 from the field. They each took 30 shots. Jalen Brown took hit 16. Jason hit seven. Uh, Tatum took 15 three-pointers, hit two. Jalen took 14 three-pointers, hit eight, which are just wild, wild numbers. Um, But why did I say Jalen earned his place as one of the pillars? I took that specifically because part of what Jalen was saying after the game was he was asked about, hey, when you're this hot, do you think you should get the ball more? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. When you're this hot, You should trust the guy who's this hot. And this is a great point made by Jalen. You should trust the guy who's who's this hot to make the next right play. And the the quote, and I'll try to pull it up here as I'm talking. The quote was about not just shooting and scoring. This isn't about feeding the hot hand. It's about trusting this guy. Here's the quote. Uh, I feel like I would make the right play. I think it would I think I would have liked to have had it in my hands more because I feel like I would have made the right play. Having the ball and being hot is a responsibility. It's not not about you got to score or shoot it every time. I think I made some really good plays and reads and we got some open shots that we missed. That is important. It's not when he says having the ball and being hot is a responsibility. It's not just about Hey, man, I got the hot hand. Let me fire up 10 more threes because I'm hot. You know, like this is what's that? The, the, the clip song. This is why I'm hot. Like this is like, uh, you know, Jane was like, hey, look, let me let me pull up. This is this is why I'm hot because I can just pull up from the, the hash mark. But it's not about that. It's about trusting him as not just a pillar, but the guy who's like, oh, wow, man, he's crazy. He's going crazy. To not just force the shots, to make the right play. Look, basically, and I'm saying this as if I was Jalen Brown in the moment, not quoting him, but the same mentality of, look, man, 
I, I'm crushing it right now. I'm white hot center of the universe. When I get the ball, they're going to overreact to me. So yeah, I'm going to take some shots, but also I'm going to draw two. I'm going to draw three. If I get into the middle of the paint, get me the ball so I can get it to you. And this could have actually benefited Jason Tatum a little bit more because I think Jason Tatum went off and got a little too, too caught up in, okay, now I got to find my offense and no, run things more through Jalen in that situation. So when I write the headline, Jalen earns his right as a pillar, it's because of this. It's because he has earned the right through this type of performance to now demand the ball more. It's not just he's one of the two best players. It's that he has earned his right as a pillar of this team to say to Jason Tatum, hey, I know you're like the MVP candidate and you're the All-NBA guy. You know what? I'm right there with you now. And maybe maybe not quite overall. Like maybe Tatum does have more in his bag. But like looking at Jalen in this one, it's, it's hmm, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like Jalen has a lot. He was cooking. And it's no longer like Perk likes to talk about Batman and Robin and all of that stuff. Like, I, I'm not talking about Batman and Robin here. I'm talking about Jalen and Jason. I don't want to talk about superheroes. I don't want to talk about hierarchy. No, 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 no. This is about Jalen and Jason. And Jalen in this game, Jalen has earned the right through not just this game, but throughout everything. This is the culmination of everything. Jalen has earned the right to be like, you know what? Yeah. When I'm hot, yeah, I want the ball. Yeah, you should get me the ball. Now, at the same time, Jalen needs to live by that when Jalen is cold, and he will be at some point. Jalen has to say, like, all right, yo, Tatum, Tatum's hot. Let's feed him. We don't want to have that, that conversation. I don't want to have to be the guy that asks Jalen, be like, hey, you know what? You said the other day, feed the hot hand, and that's a responsibility and you got to trust them to make the next right play. Yet you were out here taking early shots when Tatum had the hot hand. How do you rectify that? How do you reconcile that? I don't want to have to ask that question. He's got to live by that code. He laid out the code. He's got to live by it. But the fact that he can go out there in the media and be like, yeah, you got to trust me. You got to trust the hot hand to not just be hot, like, okay, Aaron Neesmith can get hot. Marcus Smart can get hot. You got to trust these guys. You got to trust the guy that's hot to be like, all right, I know, I know I'm know, i cooking right now, but I just drew three. I'm going to kick, and that ball's going to swing, swing, and that's going to be an easy layup. You got to trust that guy to make that play. Jalen's out there saying, I can be the guy that can make that play. So this performance, win, loss, that, that almost doesn't matter. The type of performance here, it's bigger than that. When I say Jalen Brown has earned his place as a pillar, it's because he has now, he, he's at that level where he can be like, hey, Jalen or Jason, you know, you don't got it right now. Let me get you hot. Let me get you going. Feed it through me and I'll get it back to you. So this performance here, I think, is super important for Jalen Brown, not just because he drops 46 points, which is a career high. It's because the way he did it, not just the ball handling, which was great, the passing, which was great, the the poise, which was great. It's the confidence. It's that 
that feeling of, yo, I'm on this, I'm on this level, man. I'm, I'm, you know, people are talking about MVP and all NBA for Jason Tatum. Let's get some all NBA love for Jalen Brown. And I will say, as I wrap this up, I'm as guilty as anybody of trying to put Jalen in a box. And that's, that's kind of not where he belongs. I've learned my lesson. I, I, I'm not putting him in the box necessarily anymore. I think, I think he's got a lot more to give. And whatever he gets, whatever he is, he is. Hey, this episode of Lockdown Celtics is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Coming up a little bit later... I'll talk about some of the problems that the Celtics had. Grant Williams, who had a great stretch, but also was just dominated by Julius Randle. I don't think it's out of you know, out of school to say like Grant cannot cover Julius Randle. I think that just should have been recognized a little a little bit earlier. But up next, I'll talk about Marcus Smart. The Marcus Smart whole thing. What a roller coaster! That was like a real roller coaster. And uh, but that deserves its own segment on its own. So that's coming up next. You know, McDonald's is is more than a place to just get tasty, affordable food. It's a very easy place to go if you've got like work to do. There's nothing wrong with g- grabbing your laptop, sitting at a McDonald's, connecting to the Wi-Fi when you need to get work done. If you want a coffee, they got the, the McCafe. You can just get a coffee and sit there and do your work. You can get more than that if you want. Like McDonald's is a place to go and get something. You know what you're going to get. It's dependable. And whether you're running late, hey, maybe you ran out. I've had this happen to me a bunch where, like tonight, it's three past three in the morning. The Celtics have a practice tomorrow. I got to wake up. I got work to do. Maybe I didn't have time to grab my breakfast, make my breakfast. I know I can go to a McDonald's and grab an egg and a coffee, and that's going to be good, dependable. I know what I'm getting. It's delicious, and I, it's it's just it's going to get the job done. So you can head to your local McDonald's right now. You can refuel and reconnect. Hey, did somebody say a locked on Celtics a watch party at a McDonald's? Maybe you never know. Maybe uh, so. Check it out. Get some McDonald's after a busy day. Uh, late night, maybe after you're going out and celebrating something, whatever it is, McDonald's has you covered. I'm loving it. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. You can make your second listen the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Uh, unless, I mean, I know from my time on Boston Sports Journal, listening to people or watching people make comments, uh, people came in salty after the uh, the Sox lost to the Houston Astros. Uh, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be tough. But hey, if you want to commiserate, go to Lockdown Red Sox. You can do Lockdown Bruins. They didn't do so well either. Lockdown Patriots. Uh, locked. You know the Boston sports teams. Not the best day, not the best time right now, but going to bounce back. I feel it. I feel good. Uh, Let's talk about Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart had 
this this is such an interesting game for Marcus Smart. First half Marcus Smart I thought was really good. He was running the offense. Nothing crazy wasn't, you know, this isn't a point guard heavy offense. It's, you know, it's going to center around Tatum and Brown. So I thought Marcus Smart did a good job. Uh, he was he was taking three-pointers, but he was two of four, I think, in the first half. Three of them were corner three-pointers. And the fourth one was, like, just above the break. So it was kind of, sort of, a corner three-pointer. It wasn't, like, top of the key or anything like that. So in the first half, I was sitting there thinking, like, okay, yes, this is good. This is Marcus Smart doing what he's supposed to do. This is Marcus living in the corners, starting at the top of the key. Everything that I said in the offseason, if you're if, if you're a regular listener, the first half of this game is kind of what I've been saying all along with Marcus Smart. Start the offense at the top of the key, drift, rotate into the corner, get those corner threes after a couple of passes. That's exactly what Marcus Smart was doing. That first half, I thought they were doing pretty well. Yeah, back and forth and everything. I know, side note, I know fans want, oh, we got a five-point lead? That should become a seven-point lead. That should become a 12-point lead. And when you have a 12-point lead and it goes down to a tie game, oh my God, it's madness. And it's your fault. Somehow you got to blame somebody. But when it's on the other side and your team... The Celtics are down 12 and they come back. You focus on, wow, this guy did this to come back and this guy did that to come back. No one says, when your team is the one that's coming back, no one says, to oh, well, they only came back because this guy made a mistake. They only came back because Obi Toppin didn't rotate this way. We only look at it from our own perspective. So when the Celtics blow a 12-point lead, it's, well, this guy did this thing wrong and that guy did that thing wrong. But when the Celtics are coming back from a 12-point deficit, it's not because the other team did other stuff wrong. Like we would sit there and say the Celtics did. It's because this guy did this right and this guy did that right and that guy did that right. So all of this is to say like we got to keep proper perspective here. Marcus, I thought, generally had a decent game here. I thought he was he was pretty good. Now he had a few turnovers. It wasn't a great game, but I thought it was decent for the most part. What he had was a bad stretch. There was a fourth quarter stretch where the Celtics all of a sudden fell behind by like 11 or so. And we saw the absolute worst of the Celtics, the the, the worst habits. I felt like I was watching last year's team. It was very transported back because I'm sitting here, I'm at home. I'm obviously, you're, you're watching me. This is my home base. I'm not in New York watching this game. I'm covering the team through Zoom because a lot of us are doing that right now. And, you know, still, and I'm watching Marcus Smart do these things. Like, he took three in rapid succession above the break three-pointers. He made one, but three-pointers that you were like, no, what are you doing? What? Why? Why are you taking that? But the rest of the team was just standing around. Tatum was ice cold. Aaron Neesmith was ice cold. Peyton Pritchard was ice cold. They were a combined two for 20, those three. Um, a lot of guys were standing around. So Marcus Smart, and this is what Marcus Smart does, was like, hey, I guess if no one's going to do anything, I'll do it. I'm very happy to do the dirty work. You don't want to shoot? You don't want to try to score? 
I'll do it. So on the one hand, yeah, these are ill-advised threes. Like objectively, you look at these three-pointers and you say, yeah, you should not be taking that. You put them on in a film session. You say, okay, this is not a three-pointer. In a vacuum, this is not a three-pointer that you should be taking. But Marcus will fire back be like, look at these four guys standing around. I got nobody to pass to. If I dribble, I got nobody to kick out to. What the hell do you want me to do? So it's a very kind of, you know, it's a tough situation there. It And the problem is, is that it feeds the narrative. This is what I, I was talking about this on the Locked On NBA podcast uh, yesterday when I was talking about the Lakers' struggles uh, against Golden State. All of the things that went wrong for the Lakers were things that fed the narrative. And so when you feed the narrative, all of the people who say, aha, I knew it, come crawling out of the woodworks. Like I'm on Boston Sports Journal every day, every game, I have to do a live, basically live coverage. So if you subscribe to Boston Sports Journal, I do like a little preview and then I make my notes. Every tweet that I'm sending out comes through Boston Sports Journal. Those are like notes that I'm I'm kind of sharing and, and doing my live coverage. Those show up as comments, and throughout the entire game, it's just basically me. It's me and a couple other people, and then Marcus Smart starts missing those shots, and next thing you know, there's a flood of people. Like, all of a sudden, people come out of the woodworks. Ah, oh, see, I knew it. I knew it. Marcus Smart will never change. That fed the narrative. Those misses, that little stretch fed the narrative. That little stretch is not indicative of his entire game. It was a very bad stretch. And yeah, it deserves to be called out. Ime Odoka should look at that and be like, that's exactly what we don't want from you. But you know what? At the, in the end, Marcus Smart was 5 of 11, which is 45.5%. And if I tell you that Marcus Smart's going to shoot 45.5% from three this season, Every single person out there will say, yes, please, sign me up. Thank you. 45%, are you kidding me? Yes. So, again, this is the beauty of Marcus Smart and the curse of Marcus Smart. I will sit there and be like, I want Marcus Smart to shoot 45% from three. And that's a, a true statement that everybody should agree with. And then people will come back and be like, yeah, but he took 11 threes. The six that he missed were six terrible three-pointers, and they hurt the team. Like, well, yeah, a few of them were. A few of them were bad three-pointers, and they did hurt the team. And they had to come back. But then, of course, of course, of course, it's Marcus who hits the game-tying three-pointer to send it into overtime. And he hits another big three-pointer in overtime. So, this is the thing about Marcus, man. Like, this is why we're not going to get anywhere with the Marcus Smart discussion. I believe in Marcus Smart. I believe that he can be the team's starting point guard, and the team can do well with with him as a starting point guard. But that stretch in the fourth quarter was like, okay, evidence against me, no doubt. But then it follows up with, aha, rebuttal. Each side's going to dig in when it comes to him. And this is a performance that will kind of keep people digging in. In the end... It's a 15.8 rebound, six assist, two steal performance from Marcus Smart, where he shot 45.5% from three. That is, I'll take that. Sign me up for that 
every day. And then the, that stretch in the fourth quarter, you clean it up in a film session. You try to clean it up and you say, Marcus, 70% of what you did was great. This 30%, we got to fix this. Like, we got to fix it. That's where Emeo Doka come. All right. Some more notes. We'll uh, wrap this show up after I come back. Uh, first, I got to tell you about Calm. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side, and that's just as important. It's mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. It's teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. You don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best just like LeBron. And for him, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. He says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up every day ready for the challenge. So head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, calm.com slash locked on NBA. For a limited time, you'll get 40% off a calm premium subscription. With calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves and so much more. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using calm and get a 40% discount on a calm premium subscription, calm. C-A-L-M dot com slash Locked On NBA. Unlock content to keep you focused, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash Locked On NBA. That's calm.com slash Locked On NBA. Also brought to you today by Sweat Block. Sweat Block wipes are the answer to your excessive perspiration problem. A lot of people have it. People don't like to talk about it. But this is what SweatBlock does. Whether you're doing a presentation, teaching a class, getting married, whatever it is, when you're at your whatever situation that triggers your excessive perspiration, you need SweatBlock wipes. You take a shower, put it on, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, wash it off. It can work for up to seven days. For some people, maybe a day or two less. For some people, a day or two more. That is the, the beauty of, of SweatBlock. And look, if it doesn't work for you, they have a dry shirt guarantee. If it doesn't keep your shirt dry, you get your money back. We have heard from a teacher who used to have to change his shirt between classes. No more of that. A Hollywood producer who used to work 18 hours in super hot conditions. Now, not a problem. A soccer player who put this on and then came out of practice dry when everyone else was drenched. So go to sweatblock.com and get 20% off with the promo code locked on. That's 20% off with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. You can also pick some up at Amazon or CVS. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Thank you very much for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Really appreciate this. Uh, you know, by the way, for people who are listening outside of Boston, 
maybe you're listening internationally or in other time zones. On a game night, this posts at a much, much different time. So hopefully you can still make it your first listen every day. Make your second listen today, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Josh Lloyd's going to help you win your league. He is going to help you like no one else helps you. It's like a secret weapon. So Locked On Fantasy Basketball will keep you covered. So let's just wrap this up with some other random thoughts. Grant Williams, I thought, was a key figure in this game because he was just getting dominated by Julius Randle. I thought if we have a criticism of Ime Odoka, it's that he left that Grant Williams-Julius Randle matchup too long. It needed to be uh, Robert Williams. That, that matchup worked. The Robert Williams matchup against Julius Randle was something that they should have gone to a little bit sooner. And I think Randle got going a little bit with Grant on him. And we cannot understate how much the Celtics missed not only Al Horford, but also Josh Richardson. Now, Josh is whatever. You want to talk about his shot? You want to talk about his offense? Sure. But when you look at how the Celtics offense the rest of the guys on the team, you know, Neesmith and and uh, Pritchard, who were 0 of 7 combined. If Richardson just gets a few of those minutes, his defense, I think his size is helpful. But Al Horford's size especially is helpful here. So the Celtics, let me just say this. I'm going to take a little detour. If a few other things just go right, you know, if you can say, well, Jalen was an aberration, but so was Jason Tatum. So if those things evened out a little bit and Tatum was more of a threat, and even if Jalen was less of a scoring threat, just Tatum being, it, they combined for what, 66 points in this game? If if it was 33 and 33, the dynamic of this game is much different because then it becomes a, where do we go here? And... I think if that happens, there's less of an emphasis on some of these other things. Uh, if if you have Al Horford, if you have Josh Richardson, you would have gotten some of the stops that the Celtics couldn't get. The Celtics put out some small lineups out there, some of their bench lineups that were bad defensively. There were some, uh, was uh, Schroeder, uh, Romeo, Neesmith, Pritchard, like Smart, like, some some combination of those guys, it was just too small. Too small, and I think if you even had just Al in that lineup or one of those bench lineups, you would have been able to at least kept maybe Obi Toppin from getting some of the lobs. Uh, who else Who else for the Knicks? Uh, Mitchell Robinson caught a few. Uh, there was a, a stretch there where, uh, who was it? It was Jericho Sims who was causing some problems. So I, I thought that, if the Celtics could have just had a little bit more size in Richardson and Horford or size, then they would have, they might've been a little bit better off here that that 12 point lead wouldn't have shrunk down to nothing. Maybe it would have shrunk down to six and would have been built back up to 15. That's just a different dynamic here in this game. And once you get that to 15, Maybe some guys panic. Maybe somebody starts to force things. You get a few more turnovers and you get that out to 20. So uh, this, this loss is 
is not something I'm worried about. The guys after the game were like, yeah, you know, that was tough. That sucked. We were, we're really upset about that, but also at the same time, you know, it's the first of 82. We got 81 of these things left. So we're not going to go too crazy. That sucked, but whatever. So, uh, I don't think Grant Williams would have been in any of these positions to guard Julius Randle would have been Al Horford. So, but Grant, Grant on, on Julius Randle was, was not good. Shout out to Robert Williams, who was five of five, who had 10 rebounds, three assists, three steals, five blocks. I thought early on, he might've been like, you know, I still don't think he's in great shape. I don't think he's in, in, in good enough shape, but he still did this while like working on his conditioning and he played 45 minutes. So that's going to really help his conditioning, you know, drop a few pounds, get back to your super, super athletic self. Don't worry about defending Andre Drummond or Joel Embiid. Just just do you, uh, who else? Dennis Schroeder was okay. Uh, he had, he had certainly had some moments. Romeo Langford got a shout out Romeo Langford, who seems like automatic two of three from three, four of six overall. That was a, that was a nice game from him. Uh, If, if he can be this guy, then that, I don't know. Somebody, somebody tweeted out that I give people the G League bump. Whenever I say, hey, maybe this guy needs some G League minutes, then he just starts going crazy. Uh, I said that about Robert Williams going, going into last season, and he had a, a great season. I said that about Romeo. So I'm just going to start saying, like, hey, this dude should probably get some G League minutes, and that'll help. Maybe I should start saying that about Aaron Neesmith because he he looked – I saw early on that he was playing fast. Like he looked overwhelmed by the moment. I think he was overwhelmed by MSG. And it's important to note that he has never played in a situation like that between last season and even being at the garden that for, for home preseason games, he's never been at a packed house at MSG. I think, I think that kind of took them by surprise that Neesmith and Pritchard were like, Oh shit. This is what it's like to be in the NBA. <laughs> I think they have a little bit of a problem. They're going to be fine. Ultimately, and I'll wrap it up with this, the Celtics are going to be fine. They they went toe-to-toe with New York, who is a good team. Julius Randle, shout out to him. He was a bully. He did everything. I questioned whether he would be for real this season. He came out in this first game and said, yeah, I'm for real. I just censored myself there. Uh, I'm for real. Like that, that performance by Randall was, was, was really good. Impressive. I think the Knicks, they got, they got a tremendous performance from Fournier. He had a stretch there where he was unstoppable. Uh, just, just, this is a good team. The Knicks team, they're good. You went double overtime against a good team without two key players, one starter. And you got a super, super freezing cold night from a guy who is considered to be an all-NBA level talent and potentially better than that. So I think if anybody's freaking out, you can rest easy. Like, there are fixable things here. And I tried to set you up for this because I knew that the preseason wasn't going to prepare these, these guys for this game. That's why I picked that as a loss in the first place. I didn't think it was even going to be this close. So, yeah, this the Celtics are going to be fine. They're fine. Jalen is awesome. Tatum's going to be fine. He's awesome. Like, we're not going to freak out about missed shots. I thought Marcus Smart showed progress. The young guys, the role players, I think they're going to be okay. I'm good, man. I'm good. 
Celtics do have a practice after all of this. They do have a practice on Thursday. So I will be back here after the Thursday practice to talk about what they said, whatever comes up out of that. Preview the Friday game against the Toronto Raptors. I will be in the building for that game and be back for you with all sorts of Celtics coverage Monday through Friday, daily, free, here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. I appreciate you making this not only your first listen, but also the fact that you uh, share this podcast. (laughs) Not just subscribing, share it with your friends. Tell your family, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.